And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to a special edition of Seven Fifty Five is Real. I'm at my pizza crap hotel room. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic, and Eric is out in Washington State. What's up, Eric? Former Braves reliever. You guys might remember him, Eric O'Flaherty, part of the uh, Oventral dynamic trio. I'm great. How, what hotel are you staying at? Well, after I called it a piece of crap, I probably shouldn't say the name of it. It's a <laughs> it's a brothel here in Venice, <laughs> Venice, Florida. <laughs> Looks nice. No, it's not bad actually. I, I, I it's not bad. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Um, Eric, man, Jesus, this is like the busiest. We knew this was going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It lured us. It lured us by when, when, uh, when the new, uh, collective bargaining agreement was finalized on Thursday, then like nothing happened for 48 hours and everybody's going, everybody's refreshing their Twitter feeds and stuff and nothing's happening. And they're going, what happened? What and then we get down here and it's like, Holy crap! That Monday yeah. two, it's just been a blur. I mean, we had it. We had a situation Monday, first day of the workouts here, where in any normal spring, there were like four stories that would have been the biggest story of the spring, right? Right, right. You had Ozuna coming back from the domestic violence charges. That would have normally been a huge story, right? Yeah. That was just an afterthought this spring. You I got heard a, about it. You got Acuna talking for the first time, only the second time since his injury, uh, the surgery, first time since the postseason. So you had Acuna speaking. You had uh, you had uh, Charlie Morton talking about his, you know, updating his rehab. And then, of course, you had the, the, in the middle of the afternoon Monday, after we've talked to all these guys and we're, you know, talking about what we're going to write and yeah. stuff. You have the colossal mega deal trade that brings Matt Olson in from Oakland and perhaps more importantly, signals the end of the Freddie Freeman era. Yeah. And I mean, something that we, I think we both thought 10 months ago was uh, highly unlikely, if not impossible. But as the season went on, it started to become, and you, you first, before I did, you thought it was possible that he could leave. But I mean, by the time the playoffs rolled around, and they still hadn't made him, you know, they yeah. made him one offer late in the late in the season, but it wasn't even close to being enough. And then they didn't do another one before he let him, let him go to free agency. So at that point, yeah, all bets were off, especially after the lockout started and still hadn't done anything. But so they so they get Matt Olson, and they gave up just as much or more than we thought it was take to get him. But then today they pull off the biggest contract in team history, which even while it's the biggest, 
It's also going to be very team-friendly if Matt Olson continues yeah. to play like he did last year. He didn't even have to get better than last year. If he just plays like last year or oh, close yeah. or close to that, then it is a hell of a deal for the Braves because you're talking about eight years, $168 million, or nine and $188 million because he's got a $20 million option with no buyout. The Alex special, which I don't know how he could get to get in the way with these options with no buyouts, but – for a guy that uh, hit 39 bombs last year with 111 RBIs, uh, over 900 OPS, two gold gloves, and he's going to be making peaks at $22 million a year for the last six year, the six free agent years of that deal, plus a $20 million option. That's a hell of a deal. It's about the only way the last couple of days could have unfolded, you know, that, that they come out looking okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean – I don't know if maybe just looking at the state of the game, a team winning the World Series and having their franchise player, or the guy that's been their franchise player and their leader for however long you win the World Series with them and let them walk. Yeah. You know, I, I'll never rip on the Braves too much because they got me to 10 years and, and I had my best years with them. But that's about as far as you could push me before I'd have to be like, all right, I got to I got to be honest here and say something. But pulling off the deal for for Matt and then signing him. To, to a pretty yeah. good contract, you know, if he plays close to what he's been doing, it's going to look like a steal. And then yeah. when you say it's the biggest contract in team history and you already got Acuna signed to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. The guys, the AA's doing some work. Um, uh, you know, he's a sorcerer, man, with these contracts. You know what they're doing, though? They did it again with these guys. Now, the exception was Acuna and Ozzy. They took way less than they could have got, but they wanted the security. They both come from, you know, Latin American countries. They wanted to set up their families for, you know, and you can't blame them. And we saw when Acuna goes down with that knee injury, we were reminded how precious health is and how quickly things could change. Now, thankfully, he's back and it looks like he's going to be 100% pretty soon, but we saw how fast things could change. So, you can't begrudge a guy for taking a hundred million guarantee at I never age twenty three. I never do. But I, I mean, I get it. You know, it's you, you're taking under market, but I, I never blame a guy for signing one of those contracts. Yeah. You know, uh, the the Aussie one was even. Woof. Aussies is his you know. peaks at seven million a year <laughs> for a guy's one of the best second basemen in baseball. But the other ones, what I was getting to is the other of these deals. They are getting guys who are all from Atlanta, mm-hmm. want to play here, and love the camaraderie. And now they got a great team, obviously. So that just adds to it. But these are all guys that are getting so lucky because it's a hotbed for talent. And these are guys that have always kind of dreamed of playing here. They're yeah. starting young families. They want to live here. Their families are here. So if you look at the guys that they're doing with th- this with, they all want to be here. Yeah. And they just did this with a guy who went to Parkview High, Jeff Francoeur's alma mater, and Matt Olson, who's from Atlanta, grew up pulling for the Braves, always wanted to play here. Uh, he was going to be Vandy roommates with Dansby out of high school. They had agreed to be roommates of Vandy, but he got drafted like 40th, 40th pick, first round by the A's, so he is signed, so that was off. But Knows a lot of guys on the team. Used to go to the Braves games and all that. And then you sign Colin McHugh, who also went to high school in Lilburn at another school, not Parkview. But he's got a, his wife's got a, a boutique down by Old Turner Field, a, a boutique store down there. 
He's got a couple of kids who've been dying for dad to come back here. And McHugh's wanted to put pitch for the Braves for a long time. He's told people yeah. he to pitch for the Braves. So you got this guy who was one of the elite relievers last year in baseball. One five five ERA for the Tampa Bay. He was a stud. I didn't realize he had that kind of year until you told me that he that signed him. And I looked it up and I was like, dang. And you got him for two years and ten million, which in today's market for a reliever, setup reliever, that's a great deal. Yeah. Setup guys are getting close to ten million a year, you know, the best ones. So he's yeah, over he's, thirty, but still. He's he's floated off to Japan, so he's looking at it like yeah. you know, two years here guaranteed. Maybe my last deal. Yeah. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he keeps getting deals. But he he knows how fragile a career could be, just like we were just talking about with Acuna getting hurt. Yeah. You know, anything can happen at any minute. So I think it's a good deal for both sides there. So, so he wanted to get here. His wife wanted to get here. His kids wanted to get here. So you got two guys right there that were more were amenable to these kind of contracts that weren't trying to get the, the most dollars they could. Because Olsen could have said, no, nah, you know what? I want to test free agency. And could have, if he has two more years like he had last year, he's got a contract that would have blown this thing out of the water. Yeah. When they're lucky, they're, they're lucky he doesn't have a guy like Boris or, or Daniel right. Zano, one of those big time guys. But BB's a good agent. But BB's a big time guy, but he's, he's willing a, to talk. Right. BB's a guy that understands the import or stresses the importance. He gets clients that want to be, he wants to put them in a place where they're going to be comfortable. Chipper yep. was his first guy. He grew up with Chipper. He's Best friends with Chipper. Chipper's yep. kind of the guy that got him in the agents, you know, get him going. And now he's picked up a lot of big-time guys along the way, like BMAC. Mm -hmm. But he gets contracts and tries to get guys where they want to be, where they're going to be happy. Doesn't necessarily look for the best, the highest dollar like Boris does. And uh, this is a classic case of it. He comes in here motivated to get a deal done. Alex gets him, calls him immediately after this trade, like within an hour or two, and says – First calls to to Olson. He says, "I'm calling your agent. I'm calling BB because I want to. I want to get a deal done. We want you here." And I bet he talked to. I bet he talked to BB a little before the trade too, yeah. just to, you know, maybe just see if he'd have that interest and if they could get it done. But oh, I bet yeah. you had a pretty good idea that that they could get something done before he pulled the trigger on the deal. They hammered this deal out in under like in 18 hours or so. They yeah. started Monday afternoon talking numbers. They started at 140 million for seven years. By early in the morning, late after midnight, sometime they got a deal done, and you're talking about with Jeff, with a uh, French, with a uh, with a uh, Freddie. These negotiations have gone on for how many months? And at a Probably standstill, two years. yeah, at a standstill. And he comes in here and gets proceeds to get the biggest contract in team history and the previous biggest one, Freddie's hundred thirty five million dollar eight year deal. That worked out. That worked out great. Um, so. Yeah, like you said, I mean, if they get him and they pay, and they give up what they gave up for just two years of Olsen. And he's going you, year to year. Then you better win a World Series because yeah. you gave up four prospects. And I think I, – I, I was shocked that they gave up Shea Langoliers. I thought he was number two behind Harris as untouchables. Harris, I knew they wouldn't. And Oakland wanted Harris, and he said, no, we're not giving up Harris. And Langoliers was the other guy. They said, we got to give up – you got to get Langoliers then. Well, that's why gonna, I think that they had at least a pretty good idea that he'd sign a reasonable contract before they pulled the trigger because that that changes the whole prospect package when you know you have a good chance of keeping him. Well, you know, BB has told, and BB said this, BB said he's told Chipper many times that Olsen would love to play here. So whether BB told Alex that directly beforehand, when Alex says he did not, you know that Chipper told where well, he's working for, he's working yeah. as an assistant to Alex. You know he told him 
also would love to come here yeah. in case we don't, we're not able to sign Freddie down the line, you know, in just in case, you know, Chipper told him that I, he, he, he had heard and was fully aware that Olsen would love to play here if the deal's right and all that. Yeah. So Olsen looked at those numbers when, when uh, BB came to him after the revised deal and Olsen said, I didn't even, I mean, what's the question? <laughs> he didn't try to get more money. He's like, that's a, are you kidding me? I'm taking that money to play where he's loved, where he, the number one place he wanted to be. Cause he knew he was going to get traded. And he said, yeah. if I'm going to get traded, I want it to be Atlanta. And that's what it was. Well, it worked out nice for him. I, I feel for Freddie cause he just lost his biggest yeah. bargaining chip right there. You know, I mean, to drive up the price or get the deal he wants from other teams. I know the Absolutely. Dodgers have, have been on him, but you know, losing, losing the Braves, if they're not going to budge, you know, losing them as leverage hurts a lot too. Yeah, especially if he wants a six-year deal. Um, how about this, though? Olsen, his wife, Nicole, who was there today, she's also from, like, the suburbs in Atlanta. Her family lives there. Her parents do, so I, I'm assuming she is. But uh, they got married. They closed on a house in August inside the perimeter in Atlanta. Okay. Because that's where they want to live. So they were going to live there in the offseason regardless. They got married in December. November or December. I forgot. I have to look at my story. I wrote it. Probably they, bought a house. They just got married after closing on the house. And now he is going to be playing in Atlanta for the next eight or nine years. I mean, how, how could, how could much better can things fall into place for you? That's, that's pretty nice. I, I, I went, I did the opposite. I got, I bought a place in Seattle and got put on waivers three months later. <laughs> What'd you say you furnished you had it furnished like five years later? Well, no. So we we bought a condo in Seattle and we we didn't have furniture in it and I was already a brave. And then you, three years later, um, after my contract ran up with Atlanta, we we're like, you know, we want to stay in Seattle. My wife's family was from there and we bought a house. But you know, this is why it's so nice for Matt is we didn't get that house furnished till 2017 because you're like in, in the off season, you got a couple couches. We never even unpacked in that house until 2017. So we owned it for four years and barely even moved in. He'll be, I mean, he'll have his place fully furnished by July. Yeah. I mean, because he's lived here in the off season every year. He he plays in B max charity thing, that softball game and all that. I played with him in that one. I didn't know him at the time, but he was on, he was on a bonus team. They beat us. Did you go deep? (laughs) No, I think no? he did. I think he did. Bowman went deep. Uh, no, Bowman struck out in oh, softball. Okay, good, good. I saw. You know who has a nice swing though? Is McKelpin. He's got I a know. good swing. I know. I saw that a couple years ago. He didn't take BP. Yeah, it's nice to see that. I think you guys should do a little live stream. Of we did that in uh, when I was covering the Marlins. We we had a uh, we had a media versus a team employee softball game. It was fun. We played. We did it at the uh, at Joe Robbie Stadium when they were playing there. That'd be some good, uh, good fuel for for uh, players. You know, watch that, and when you write a bad article about them, just to I remind you what you look like I, trying to I, hit a softball. I could hit a softball. I think I would pull a hammy or a calf now, though, doing something, because my running is is strictly distance on the road, yeah. slow pace, much slower than I used to run. But I'm not doing interval training or anymore. So if I like came out of the box hard, yeah. I'm scared, man. I'm at that age where Achilles snaps. All these guys I know do it during play basketball. The the last two off seasons, I played beer league softball, and it's just there's corpse. There's a corpse every five minutes. (laughs) Some dude just trying to get out of the box and hurts his hammy or knee. I mean, guys just going out left and right. If you don't keep moving, man, I tell you what, man. As much as I love playing basketball, 
there is no way you'd get me involved in a pickup game now because so many no guys chance. I know have blown the Achilles. When you get over a certain age, yep. that Achilles will snap playing hoops. You That's, go up for just an <laughs> innocent little rebound and take yep. jump down. No, no, thank you. I ain't going through that rehab. That's why everybody plays golf when they get old. <laughs> well, I'm running as long as I can, but my knees bark, man. I got those Brett Favre uh, 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 knee braces on. What are they called? The copper? Copper fit? I've got a copper fit on my right knee for a bone spur, dude. <laughs> those don't do shit. It works. No, it, it I doesn't. think it works. It's got the menthol in it. Well, psychosomatic thing, because it feels like it works. <laughs> Holds my shit together, man. That's when you know you're old, but congrats on getting out there. I got a I got a bone spur in that knee that fucking barks when I wake up, when I sleep wrong with it. Like my cat between my legs or something, I wake up and I've had the knee poking out. I can't walk for like 10 steps, dude. It is killing me. Yeah. And then I get more, it gets lubed up and you can go. Yeah, getting old sucks. <laughs> you don't even know about getting old. Yeah, but dude, you've got, got all mileage. that. You got real mileage though on that shoulder though. My right knee, right hip, left shoulder, left elbow, that whole chain is just torched. Uh, my mine it's mine it's everything in the legs from running on roads for you know 40 years yeah, distance running eric let's hear from today's sponsors looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We've said this about Alex. So we're not, we're not going to, you know, we got nothing to gain by sucking up to it. But I got to say, man, he does this job so much better than most of these GMs. He does these deals and he's operating within a payroll. People that know that know and have been and have been bashing on the Braves for not signing for Freddie, like we have. But everybody who knows the game and knows this organization knows it's not Alex. He no. was signed Freddie. And when he was yeah. crying, go fighting back tears two days ago, those were real, man. Yeah. He was crushed. He was announcing, I've never seen the guy, he's announcing a trade, bringing in a, 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 any other team in baseball would have traded for Olsen. They would have been celebrating. The only team in baseball because of Freddie Freeman. That's that's what it meant. They're getting rid of him. But he was fighting back tears as he was talking about the trade because of what it meant. And he couldn't name Freddie. And I was wondering why. And I was told later why. Because GMs are not allowed to name any free agent who they may not be involved in anymore or out of the bidding. The players union yeah, raises well, crying, hell if you do that. Crying's not enough. I mean, players union raises hell about it. If you yeah. name a guy, not that, I mean, because everybody knew, you know, they're not in bidding, but if you yeah. named him, it's like a grievance or something. Cause I was wondering why you can't just name Freddie and say, you're not, you know, but you can't. Well, he's not crying over the prospects he gave up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, as much as he liked, you know, those guys, it was Freddie, but, uh, I tell you, man, 
he's operating within a with a pretty strict budget. And if they would have signed Freddie, which they could have done, but if they would have signed him, they just got a guy for they're paying fifteen million this year. Freddie's AAV is going to be closer to thirty than twenty five. Yeah. So if you'd have signed him, what I'm told they've got about fifteen million left before they sign McHugh for five million. They're gonna pay him this year, so it's about it should be about ten now. If they'd have signed Freddie, unless they'd have gone above the budget that they have, because he likes to put aside some for midseason trades, you're probably looking at less having less than five million left, unless you'd have backloaded Freddie, which they don't want to do that either because you don't want to be paying him more when he's you know thirty five years old. Even though it's a self imposed budget, it's a budget, and he's it's working a budget. under it. Yeah. It's not his self-imposed, though. It's imposed, right, I get that. imposed by McGurk. I who, mean, I I wanted to rip on this whole situation bad. You know, when it happened, I'm like, you know, this is bullshit. They yeah. should have signed Freddie back. How can you win a World Series and make yeah. all this money and not be able to – and then they did pretty much the one thing that makes me, you know, have to bite my tongue and just look at it. Like, if I look at it from a pure baseball standpoint – you know, minus the leadership and, and certain things you might be losing, and that's that's to be seen. But the way they pulled this off is like, all right, I guess I can see it. You yeah. know, it, it's hard to it's hard to argue with getting that type of player and under market probably for quite a few of the years as long as he performs. It's it's hard way to under market potentially because yeah. his market will be well over thirty million for a guy who's thirty nine bombs, Gold Glove winner, nine hundred OPS. If he keeps doing that, it's a guy that's going to be making closer to forty million, or he could have yeah. than twenty. So, but let's let's be clear: the Braves' payroll should be about one hundred eighty million. Yeah. And if it's 180 million, then you can sign Freddie and still go out and do the other moves you wanted to make. But it's not that tells me it's not going to be 180 million. When somebody yeah. told me what they had left, tells me it's probably going to be closer to like 160 going up from where it was, 150 where they ended up last year. Cuz yeah. all Alex would say is it's going to go up. It's gone up each year. They took a step back during the pandemic year obviously, and then last year again they started lower, but by the end of the year it was back where it was going to be in 20, which was going to be 150. Last the end of the year last year around there. So this year I think it's probably going to be up close to 160. But a team to won a World Series and raked in the dough like we've seen the figures now, how much they might they should be 180. But it's not going to be. So if it's not going to be, then you got to operate with when, what it's going to be. Yeah, that's why you can't ha- hate on AA for it. No. You know, it's like, well. He's he's making it work, and he's got, oh, my God. It's not dude. like he gets to stuff the spare change in his pocket either. You know? yeah. I mean, he's just trying to build a yeah. winner. But. How about this, though? You got you got, you got got Acuna signed for, what is it, uh, eight more years? No, seven more years. What was it? He signed a, he signed a $100 million eight-year deal. Uh, I'd have to go look at my thing, but he signed for at least six more years, right? And then, and then the same thing for Ozzy with the options. Acuna's salary peaks at seventeen million dollars. He's probably going to be forty million dollar player if yeah. he's not already, because he's one of the best players in the game. And the player salaries are going up to forty million. The pitchers are already there. The position guys are getting there, right? So. Ozzy's peaks at a ridiculously low seven million. Shit, for, I made that one year <laughs> for twenty-five. He's going to be a twenty-five homer second baseman, twenty-five to thirty homer second baseman. You know, yeah, and the elite defender too. Uh, Olson's salary peaks at twenty-two million. He's they bought out his two option, his two uh, arbitration years. They're paying him more this year than he would have got. He would have got about twelve. They're paying him fifteen. That goes to like twenty-one next year. 
Then it goes to $22 million for six straight years. They bought out at six free agent years for $22 million each. And $20 million option in the seventh if they keep it. So you're going to have this overlap of about four years where you've got Acuna, Ozzy, and Olsen making a combined. For Acuna and Olsen are going to make a combined $39 million. Less than Scherzer for one year. Yeah, less than Trout, less than Scherzer, less than yeah. uh, Trevor Bauer. You're going to have some more position guys getting up there too pretty soon. You got a lot of them over 30 already. Yeah. You're going to be yeah, paying by 39. By the time those deals are up, you know, by the time those deals are up, those yeah. players are going to cost right. an extra five or 10. You're going to have those two guys making 39 million and they could, I mean, it's not hard to imagine those guys hitting 70 to 80 homers between the two of them. Olsen's That's, already hit 39. and, and There's some luck involved in that. And Acuna's yeah. already hit. Acuna's already hit 40. Yeah. So they could hit 80 homers just doing what they've already done. So so if they hit 80 to 90 homers and they're making 39 million between them and playing great defense as well. <laughs> I mean, and then Ozzy seven. So that's 46 million for those three players. Yeah, that's a joke. That's just, you know, that's, that's the luck of having some guys that yeah. you know were willing to do it. Right. Obviously, and one of the and security you got a really young bought out I mean, arbitration. Other GMs are looking at this. Like, yeah, players. You know, you're paying Tatis three hundred something. He, yeah, I think he got he's hurt his wrist or something on a motorcycle. He broke his wrist. He's out three months, dude. At least he can't stay healthy. Now he's got a bad shoulder and a broken wrist. And yeah. he's got he signed for how many more years? Twelve, thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, – that, that, I mean, Acuna would have got the same deal. Alex is doing some GMing, man. Got two kids. He took he, – he, he made sure, you know, he bought them out early, gave them security, and now you got two more Atlanta guys who really want to play here. Took a hometown – now, that was the definition of a hometown discount, what, uh, what uh, he took today for that $186 million. But it's a great deal for somebody who wants to be here, you know. And don't want to worry about getting hurt or whatever. You bought out his arbitration years. He could get hurt before free agency and never see anything close to that. Yeah, you know what's really and interesting that's how it's supposed to that. work, right? That's how it's supposed to work. You sign him well, but you buy out arbitration, take the security risk out. You don't wait till like Freddie in last year before free agency. Yeah, I'm in, I'd be interested to talk to Freddie sometime and ask him if he would have, you know, taken the deals he turned down if they'd come earlier. I think you know, was. like. Maybe. A year ago, a year ago, I bet. The, yeah, I mean, I just wonder if what was on the table a year ago, if they came up, it, it'd be interesting to talk to him about the whole process right. and just see. But I mean, it, it's also you know just looking at Olson, guys respond to these deals in one of two ways. You know, they either feel the pressure to live up to it, or like Bmac said, he always talked about that deal he signed that was under market, and he said that completely took the pressure off, and and he played better because of it. So. You know, because guys would say it in the clubhouse, like, man, do you regret signing that? Or, yeah, you know, just ask you how you feel about this deal that everybody can look at and say, you know, you'd be making 18 to 20 this year. You're making 11. You, you know, do you regret that? Which, you know, in real world terms, it's hard to. Right. It's a tough conversation. But in the clubhouse, you can have it and ask the guy. And he always said, you know, once I signed that contract, I felt no pressure. You know, I, I'd take care of my family for life. This one big part of the deal uh, this one big aspect of playing ball was done, and now I could just go play ball. And I even felt like that when I went to arbitration the first time, just just knowing 
I couldn't get sent down for a year. I went out and had my best season ever. Right. But it, it's it's just interesting. I mean, you look at Jason Bay. It, you could tell he felt that pressure in New York to to live up to the contract he signed. So I always wonder. Yeah. yeah. You know, well, what, that was what, bad. Yeah, and if you struggle in New York and start off like that, I mean, it's yeah, it's that I don't know how you dig out of that hole. Lindor's got to do it, and, and he kind of started to, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I like I like looking at it and trying to figure out the character you're dealing with and how they're gonna you know either use that to their advantage or if it's gonna eat them up. Well, if anybody could handle this, I tell you what, Olson's got some great resources. One, yeah. you got Dansby Swanson right there that can tell you everything he's been through, what to avoid, what not to avoid. You know, playing at home, first got, overall pick. Yeah. You got Jeff Francoeur from your high school who keeps in touch with you anyway, who went through the whole thing. You know. You got BMAC, who he knows well. Yep. You got Chipper, who shared an agent. So you got uh, any number of people that you can go to if you're having any kind of difficulties with the home, the front, and how to handle tickets and all that kind of stuff. So I don't think that's going to be, I think this is a good guy for that. And he strikes me as a really bright guy, too, that's uh, yes. really well, really grounded. You know, uh, they got a good one. I mean, if we had to lose Freddie, because I, and I'd say we, because we, for us, it feels like a loss. I mean, losing yeah. Freddie. He's like, the voice of the know. team. He's the voice yeah. of the team. The guy we go to all the time. The guy that never hid. The guy that was always accountable and made other made sure other guys were accountable as well. So, you know, and that that part of it will remains to be seen. How they, you know, I don't think Olsen could fill all that right away. Maybe he grows into that. But fortunately for the Braves, you got some other guys that now have experience and have followed, watched Freddie do it, and are a lot more mature now. And I think they can step into that four a little bit and take up some of that leadership role. I think a guy like Dansby, a guy like Austin Riley, you know, yeah. who could have never dreamed of doing that a year ago, but now he can, you know. Well, and the beauty of it is they saw how to do it. You know, those yeah. guys have seen how to do it from Freddie. So right. even even being gone, he's going to have an effect on this team, which is, you know, not it sucks for him to think he's making a team better after he leaves, but it's also a compliment and it feels good. Yeah. They've all seen how he went about his business and that bar set. So, you know, it's up to those guys to, to uphold that. But if, if that, if that trend is set in the clubhouse, here's how we do our business. We play every day. We work yeah. our asses off. You know I mean? That that'll keep going, you know, even after he's gone, hopefully. Yeah. I think those infielders, cause the other three are all back who played every game and they all took the cues from Freddie. That's not going to stop. They know, they're going to be pushing each other to do that now. I know that for, for that 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 for sure. Um, I think Ozzy is a lot more mature than he was. I think he'll yeah. be. I think he'll be a good voice in there. Um, so they got some, they got some guys that can step up into that into that kind of role. I think Duvall, Adam Duvall, yeah. is a guy who sets a who's a quiet guy, but he sets it by example. Charlie obviously is a huge leader for the pitchers. He's there, Freddie, for the pitching staff. Yeah. And now you brought in another guy for the bullpen. A bullpen was tight-knit anyway. They had great chemistry last year. You bring in a guy that everybody raves about, Colin McHugh, like he is a perfect guy for this current, for this uh, bullpen. And you brought back the guy that was the leader of it two years ago. Remember O'Day? Everybody said he was the dad. He was the guy, even when yeah. he wasn't pitching. He was still the leader of that bullpen. Yeah. Well, he's back on a minor league deal, and they said he's really pitching well. He's healthy. So if he makes the team, you know, even if it's the last guy in the pen, he could be really instrumental. But that bullpen, there's no, there's no uh, issues with that. Those guys are, mm. they're rock solid. Oh, they're locked. Yeah, with Matzik and Will Smith, you know, and Luke. Uh, uh, that that's just a, that's just a solid crew there, man. And mentor, and now you add McHugh. 
You got other guys like Webb and uh, and uh, Dylan Lee we saw at the end of the year. You got potential guys like Mueller you could try and there. That bullpen should be from day one really good this year. Yeah, they're they're pretty stacked, and that you're not going to ever pitch under more pressure than you know Batson right. pitched in the postseason. These right. guys did, and, and actually taking it all the way. Um, yeah, the experience they have. You know, I thought the funny thing was I thought Minner's experience would play off in the regular season. You know, yeah. having a good postseason the year before, and he struggled a little bit, but even then, when it came crunch time. He had some huge games Absolutely. in the postseason. So, you know, having a bullpen of that many guys that have just had the experience of pitching those huge games in the bullpen is – but you can't ask for more than that out of your pen. And there's probably not even a spot open. Yeah. And how about how about the and, – and you got like Sean Newcomb who's out of options. So he's going to get a chance to make the team because otherwise yeah. you're going to lose him with that arm. Um, how about that rotation? Not only you got Charlie back, but you got – What's his timetable? Uh, he's probably going to be ready opening day. Really? Yeah, cool. he's throwing off the mound. How about how about Max Freed steps up, pitches game six, pitches his ass off, has that, I mean, just nails, has that incident where his ankle gets rolled over and he doesn't even, just keeps going, right? Yep. Everything he's learned in two postseason, that guy's rock solid now too. So you got Charlie Morton and him. Ian, Ian who's pitched like a 35-year-old from day one, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yep. I mean, that's this team, dude, they are – if they stay healthy, I mean, they did yeah. it last year without even staying healthy. Without Acuna. Yeah, and Acuna should be back by May at the latest playing in the field. They might let him hit some in April if he's, you know, DH, but they don't want him playing in the field till May. That's what they're saying now at least. But he looks good. I mean, he's running around. He's got no, uh, you know, restrictions. Just wait. Just, just wait. I mean, and, last year with Soroka, just wait. You know, don't, don't push it. It's too valuable. But you look at that experience they gained in that postseason, like you said, and the guys that came up big and nobody showed any nerves, no. you know, it's just gonna, they're going to come into this thing now this year with so much swagger. I mean, and, and you look at, you know, Dansby with the home run in game six. I mean, yeah. Guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Reddick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
I tell you what, he handled it as well as you possibly could have the other day. Coming back, Ozuna. Yeah. Said all the right things. Sounded respectful. Didn't say like he, he didn't ha- say it with a smirk, like I'm saying all the right things, but I don't mean any of this shit. He didn't look like that to me. If he was, then he pulled it off well. Somebody somebody told him what he needs to say if he, if he if that's the case, but he seems sincere to me. Um it's hard to fake that stuff. It's hard to fake it. But regardless, he's in great shape. This guy's in so much better shape than he was a year ago. He came in with a boiler last year, man. He was chunky, you know, last year at spring training. He did not look good. And then he got off to the terrible start, got hurt. He played all season of winter ball this year, the whole year, all the way up through the Caribbean series. And he came in and he's raking in batting practice, which his batting practices in previous PPs were awful. Really? Feet, feet were sliding all over the – I mean, he just looked terrible in the batting in, in batting practice. He looked mid-season form in batting practice day one the other day. I mean, he played up until three or four weeks ago. But uh, he's in he's great shape. He's got a, the belly's flat. He's, it looks in really good shape. He knows what's riding on this. He knows yeah. if he gets off to a terrible start. The only way he's not going to get booed is by getting off to a good start. People will forget if you contribute. Well, and also, you know that whether, whether the team's saying it out loud or not, like that – that's on your resume. Oh yeah, and that, they would have got rid of him if he didn't know fifty-three million dollars. Yeah, and so you know, as a player, even if he's showing legit remorse, you know, you go out there and in, in the league, I mean, you're coming with a lot of baggage. If if you have a bad spring training and the team you you show up looking like shit, the team cuts you. Yeah, probably nobody signing you. Yeah, your one-year deal, or you're going back and playing in Mexico during the regular season and. Dominican in the winter. No, you could be legitimately done in the big leagues after doing Korea. something like that. But. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I tell you what, though, um, because, uh, you know, regardless of that awful, awful thing that he did, and I don't, you know, we can agree on that. That was terrible. Um, on the field, this is a guy that teammates really like. And you see it from day one when he gets back, and especially the Latin guys, the young guys, Acuna and Ozzy around this guy are just, they light up. The three of them together, they just light up. They have so much fun. And I think that could really help them getting back because, you know, they're going to miss Freddie, man. And and and, and it could help having this guy back. And uh, uh, and I think he's going to be on his P's and Q's and, and, and watch. He, can't, he knows he can't screw up again off the no. field, obviously. Just right. can't, you know. And he's being supervised too for like six months before the charges can be dropped. So, um, but but they but the in the clubhouse they all seem to be really thankful that he's back because of what he can do in the lineup. You look at this lineup, man. Once Acuna's back at the top, I don't know who you're going to have to. You could have Ozzy, you could have Dansby. I don't know, but Olsen has batting third and fourth is where he's hit with Oakland basically. So you have that left hand of stick. You figure. But now you're looking at Austin Riley come back clean up. You got you got uh, Ozuna hit clean up. You know in his great year, a few years ago. So it's going to be interesting to see how you do it. But that is stacked. And look at Dansby, what he did last year. Yeah, they'll just have to play with it. You know, I mean, it's nobody would have predicted Freddie hitting second and Acuna leading off. You know, before yeah. it happened. But they'll just have to play with it and see where it flows. It's it's always a formula putting those things together and you do something that doesn't really make sense and then it works and you, you just, you just ride it out until it doesn't. The other thing great about Olsen besides the big time power, and he's got big time power, six, five and long levers like Freddie. And um, the other big thing is high OBP. 
Kind of like Freddie with that, like 370 last year. Does he hit lefties? Yeah, he does. I think I've seen. I think I've seen that he hits lefties. He and, had and like the, highlights of it, but I think there's a stat like most lefty on lefty homers. I'll look it up real quick, but keep talking about uh, well, you. You were telling me that you you actually rehabbed with this guy when you went to Oakland, right? <laughs> Imagine that I was another hurt. another guy yeah. that you have a tie to. Uh, yeah, he was in. Uh, I'm pretty sure Stockton. It was was their A ball team uh, when uh-huh. I was with the with the A's, and he he's actually just Olson. He's actually just another guy that kind of reminded me a lot of Freed Soroka. That he he just yeah. seemed you know he's got to put his time in an A ball, but mentally and you know maturity wise, he was a lot farther along asking different questions than most of the young guys are in A ball, and he kind of stood out to me as as a possible stud, but. You know, you don't get a chance to watch him play enough to to do to really gauge him. I could tell he was a good defender, um, but until yeah. you see him hit for two weeks, you know, you might roll in there and, and they have their three bad games. Doesn't mean the guy can't hit. But so I didn't really pick up on a lot of him, you know, physically or, or, or baseball wise. But just the demeanor he had and the comfort he had and the maturity he had definitely stood out. And so which how about is always this? Good. So how about this? We've uh, we've been spoiled with Freddie hitting lefty on lefty, right? So the guy they replace him with. Last year, Olsen, lefty, lefty hitter, obviously. Against righties, he hit 271, 382 OBP, 17 homers, 496 slugging, 878 OPS. Against lefties, 270, 354 OBP, so the OBP is 28 points lower. 22 homers and 254 plate appearances. 22. He slugged 608 against lefties. In Oakland. 962 OPS against lefties, 878 against righties. You know, I didn't even really think of that yet, but. 157 OPS plus against lefties. Well, and, you know, now he can, now he's got a way shorter porch in right field. You know, he's probably doing his damage, you know, clipping breaking balls out front, but he can shoot it the other way at truest. And if he hits, I bet if you pulled up one of those graphs that showed all his doubles in Oakland, uh-huh. he'd, have, he'd have eight more homers at Truist, just just how much shorter right field is and that tall wall. Uh, Oakland, uh, the ball goes nowhere once the sun goes down. And it's you're not going – you know, you're probably not hitting too many left center field home runs as a left-handed hitter in Oakland either because it's a tall fence and the ball doesn't fly. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think of that until just now, but that's, that's going to be nice for him to hit in that smaller part. So, yeah, I think it was some kind of record. I saw it today. It was a record, like, going back for most lefty versus lefty homers in a long time. So, yeah, that's that's huge. Well, that just makes it – that makes it so much easier to set the lineup. Even if yeah. he was a little worse against lefties or could battle against lefties, you know, that was what was so nice about having Freddie is he didn't even count if you brought a lefty in. You know, yeah. he might, he'd do the same thing. You know, nothing changed against right. – you saw him hit that home run off a hater, you know, and – in the playoffs, it makes your lineup so much easier to set up when you don't have to, you know, stagger it and, and worry about them bringing this lefty in. You can surround him with, with Acuna and Ozuna. Yeah. And you bring in a lefty, you can't bring him in for one hitter and he might take him deep anyway. By the way, uh, his home and road splits last year were almost identical. Uh, the slash lines. He had a uh, 19, uh, 18 homers at home, 21 on the road. 
But the uh, the average, 270 home, 272 road, OBP 375 home, 368 road, slugging 536 home, 544 road, OPS 911 at home, 912 road. Well, everybody in his division's a big park, though. Yeah. You got Anaheim, yeah, the ball goes nowhere. Yeah. Texas has got that new park that everybody says it doesn't fly out right, of. Right, right. That's his an home, impressive year. His, his home park, the ball goes nowhere. Safeco, they've moved the fence in like four times and guys still can't get it out. Yeah. You know, so you got you got four or five parks in that division. And Houston, Houston is a hitter's park, if you ask me. But you got one hitter's park where now you come over to yeah. the NL East. You got Philly, Bambox, City's Fair. Truist is a is a hitter's park, if you ask me. I always felt like it's it pretty was. fair. It's Florida's pretty fair. big. Florida's big. But not but as Truist, big as it was. Not nearly no. as big as it was. It's pretty close to fair. But, but the ball still gets out of Truist in right field, even if it oh, is yeah. a, oh, a yeah. fair park. And what else is left? Oh, the Nationals, is it's fair too. But they yeah. still got a, a, a decent, you know, shorter portion right field that you can get it out of where it cuts in and it gets tall. If he so, does the same thing as he did last year, hits the same balls, exit velocity. He's going to have another 15 45, homers. yeah, at least. <laughs> at least. We have at least yeah. 45 homers here. Yeah. Maybe say 10 just to be safe with our prediction, but – yeah, that he he's going to be hitting in some hitters parks now. Yeah, and uh, last year he hit third, five hundred twenty six plate appearances. Hit clean up one hundred seventeen plate appearances. The only other places he hit was second, six games at second, and one at fifth. So, uh, yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, what a hell hell of a year! This guy's a. Yeah, it, it's like uh, it, this is the only move Alex could have made where fans would not have just been in an uproar because of the huge drop-off. Even a guy like Rizzo isn't yeah. going to come close to Freddie's production and defense. And But this guy could. I mean, last year he's arguably better than Freddie statistically. Well, so, you know. That's what I'm saying. It's just, I wanted to be mad, but it's, it's hard to be mad. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you look at, you know, you're getting so close to opening day. And if you it got if you would if you would have lost out on both, if you had not signed Freddie and somebody would have traded for Olsen, oh man. And you're scrambling to find somebody else to fit. You got who you're gonna get, you know? So that's why I mean that's why for me it they had to have a pretty pretty good idea even before the lockout to get yeah, this I, done I this think, quick. That I, I think they had to feel pretty was, damn confident to give up Langoliers and Give up Langoliers and Cusack. He's got a hundred mile an hour fastball, you know. And, and the other guy that gave up the fourth guy in it, they gave up three of their top five prospects, according to a couple of ratings. Top five, three of them. And the other guy, Estes. If you look what he did last year, nineteen in uh, Low A Augusta, huge numbers, big strikeout totals. So I mean, it, it was another guy that was a, Oakland got raked. It got a haul for the, for Olson. Well, that's what they do. You yeah, know, I mean, what it's supposed to do for a guy that good. You just think, though. I, I look at it like, shit. If o- Oakland had a budget, if they oh, could spend money and keep, keep these guys, these guys, yeah. Think of all the players that have come through that. that Tell you what, wind up in a situation. Yeah, they're going to trade so many guys. It could be end up being the best thing that could happen to Pache. Change of scenery. He's going to get to play, and Langoliers is going to play sooner there than he would here. They got a good catcher, good young catcher, but. These well, two guys were reason, signed for two years. These guys were signed for two years here, Darno and Pena. They, they just brought in from Milwaukee. So they knew they weren't going to. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that's the one reason that Oakland does so well is it's there's no better place to be a young guy. 
There's no, right. the culture is do whatever you want, wear whatever you want, come up and the fans jump on your back. They love their players. You're going to get to play. You know, Pache is going to get to play. If he yeah. struggles, he's going to get to play because they're going to appreciate his defense and throw him out there. I, I bet he, I bet he has a pretty good run there. And the Giants have all the pressure in that market, you know? Yep. Yeah. He's going to make some pretty catches out there in that sun splash, huge outfield. Pache yeah. running out there. He's going to have room to run for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a, uh, a hellacious couple of days here, spring training. Very eventful. They got to pack it into three and a half weeks and they're doing it. Man, that's going to be some injuries this year, dude, because there were injuries in 2020. And this year, there's three and a half weeks of spring training. Yeah, I wonder, you know, the, the difference is during 2020, you had the lockout too. Uh, not the lockout, but lockdown. You know, guys yeah. weren't able to use their normal facilities. and No, nah, they had to find places. That, throw in random high schools and yeah. stuff like that. During this thing, I know a lot of guys were heading down to that camp they had down in Arizona. Yeah. And also, you were able to go to the gym and work out with a right. trainer and do all this stuff. I think that was, you know, I think that was a factor in all those injuries and just rough starts as guys were just completely yeah. thrown off their off-season routine. Plus, they'd had like three weeks of spring training where pitching in games and everything, yep. and then they shut it down mm-hmm. and then restarted it again a few months later. That's hard to do mentally. So, yeah, these guys, if they're smart, if veteran pitchers have been out there getting ready, doing their normal routines, yep. knowing there was going to be spring training eventually. So I we'll see. With, uh, Might Blake be young Trinan. guys. That- you know, Blake Trinan, he, he lives in Walla Walla. Uh-huh. His, his wife is a uh, – He's a uh, basketball coach at the community college, so he lives here randomly. Oh, really? But I played catch with him like two or three weeks ago. He needs somebody to throw with. You know, that, that just gives you an idea of how yeah. hard it is to piece together your normal routine when you don't when you can't fly down to spring training and get right. started at a facility early. But, man, his ball just explodes. I, I was playing catch with him like, man, I don't know how you've ever given up a hit. He's it was, filthy. God. It's crazy how nasty he is. Yeah, he's he's a dominant guy, man. <laughs> Last year, some of his appearances, I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it's just, it's a wiffle ball. Oh, uh, so anyway, hopefully, uh, Alex wants to get everything done by Friday because that's when the games start. Yeah. So I am expecting a, a couple more moves in the next couple of days. Games start Friday. F- Friday. What was the What was day one of spring training? Monday. <laughs> uh, yeah, rip, you, might, rip, you might be right on that injury front. Report day was Sunday. Our first workout was Monday. They didn't do the whole pitchers and catchers. They just everybody get here and start. <laughs> One sixty two though, right? One sixty two. It's so weird. I'm coming out driving to the ballpark uh, on Sunday, going, okay, this is when like the fourteenth. This is normally when you're looking at the okay. We only got two more weeks of spring training. We're in the home stretch. This will go by fast. Well, driving out there for day one, going, we're just starting. Yeah, yet we're going to play 162 and only start like a week later and only finish like three days later than normal. They're only adding three days to the back of the of the back season. So eliminate, they're just going to cram in a bunch of doubleheaders? Cram in some doubleheaders. They're eliminating those game 163 tiebreakers. Are they taking away off days or do they still get 20? I think there may be one or two off days taken away and teams that are – Teams that have like an interleague opponent that started out with interleague, they're the ones that have to make up those on off days or whatever, you know, mutual travel days, that kind of yeah. thing. The teams that started with an interleague series are are one of those weird things where you only play them at your, their place. They don't come to your place. Right. If you had one of those starting out. But there weren't many cases like that. 
Braves are all right. They started out, they're missing the Miami and uh, Mets series. So you make those up anytime, you know, that's not even a problem. Yeah. Not having to go to New York in early April. Yeah. So now it's, it works out great for them. So now they open at home. So you got the world series thing. You're going to have raise the banner at home on opening day. That's going to be it, cool. You're going to give out your rings on the third day, the season series finale of that first series. A lot better than what the, the Nationals got, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> you get to celebrate it. The, the, the championship that never happened? Yeah. Yeah, you open against the Reds. You open against a good team. And then we didn't get our L.A.-San Diego trip bounced. That's what I was worried about. The 14th. That's your, that's your go-to. Because we are we always we always have that in the middle of the season. Last year yeah. was in September. This year's in the middle of April. And I'm like, oh, my God, if they cancel one more week of games, we're going to miss that series. <laughs> we're going to miss that trip. They didn't cancel any games, even though they no. they said they did twice. Yeah, even though they said we're going to cancel another week, and they pushed that back deadline, so they ended up not canceling the one they said the week before or the one that. <laughs> so yeah, they didn't cancel any. That whole thing was such a drag. You know, it's like it was a debacle. I get what their strategy was, trying to put that pressure on the players, but wasting forty five days. I mean, by the end of it, I didn't even care. I was like, somebody yeah. just tell me when it's over. It was terrible to negotiate. Good Lord. And then when they finally faced that tight, tight deadline at the end, they got it yeah. done. They met for yeah. like 16 hours instead of like an hour and a half. And okay, we'll do it again in two days. Yeah. Just a Manfred didn't win any friends, did he? The only people that like him are the owners. <laughs> My favorite is they got him practicing his golf swing right before the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> and they got somebody got a hold of his schedule and everything so they have all the days that he played oh that's awesome yeah yeah i mean it's i almost feel for him in a sense where i know he's just kind of a voice you know it's not like he's making these decisions but yeah the fact that he was joking around and laughing laughing having a good time you know canceling baseball games i can't i can't imagine sat too well with a lot of people yeah he doesn't have the right demeanor for that no for that position but, or maybe he has the perfect demeanor because he didn't seem too phased. Yeah. Well, the owners like him, and that's all that matters. Yeah. They're the owners that can fire him. Yeah. And they like him. He's made him a lot of money. So, all right. Well, the f- important thing is they didn't have to cancel any games. It's going to play a full season. We got baseball yeah. going. Weather's been great so far down here. Tell you what, man, Braves fans, you guys got a lot to be excited about. You lose Freddie Freeman, but this team, I swear, they stay healthy. They're going to be better than last year, I think. They stay healthy. Remember, yeah, they were they were under they were under five hundred last year into August. You got second any week of on August. Soroka? No, but they're not even updating him because he's so yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean you don't. Spot. Yeah, you don't want to come out and say anything. You know that he probably would be lucky to pitch this year because you don't want to let that. You got to give him you know, positivity and all that. You don't want fans, but. But I mean, realistically, people keep asking me about Soroka. I'm like, okay, the normal rehab for an Achilles tendon is twelve, about 12 months, right? Yeah. And that's about what it took. You try to rush it back, and he ended up having setbacks. That's a normal. We don't, we're in uncharted waters now, a second tear, yeah. really, before the first one had really even healed. So our injury expert that wrote about it said, you know, second tear, you got to be looking at like 18 months if they're smart. They wouldn't even try to make him try to have him push to come back this year. The only reason you didn't want him to push 
to come back this year. So psychologically, he goes into yeah, the offseason. He could just get on the field in late September and pitch right. a game, and then finally just breathe a little bit. But you sure don't want him pushing it because if he tears it again, that's it. He's yeah. done. Yeah, he's done. So you do want to, you know, you want to say, look, just we're aiming for next year. And just take your time because they got to take. They took out a chunk of like a did a graft like from his hamstring this time yeah. to strengthen the Achilles. So that's more that has to heal, you know. Well, that that almost bothered me more than my elbow when I had Tommy John. Mm-hmm. My right knee hurt from from where they'd done they'd taken that graft out of my hamstring. That's what Chipper said when they did yeah. his when they did his uh, when they did his Achilles. You know, back then he had a graft done on. Uh, or his ACL, I'm sorry. They yeah, had, yeah. He had a graft done back then, and he said the the chunk they took out of because he had uh, the right size patella. You have to have a thick enough patella to do it. They took out like a third of his patella. Yeah, you know, on the other thing, he said that was hard rehabbing that. So you're rehabbing yeah. two things at once. So, but well, right. I hope it hope it works out for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So talented, such a great kid, God. It would be awful if he doesn't give you a come back pitch. But uh, all right, we'll do this again. Maybe after Freddie signs somewhere, but uh, hell of a couple of days of moves. And uh, all things considered, good shape. Yeah, good, good shape. Good I mean, shape. you lose you lose the face of the franchise, and you're still in great shape. <laughs> so, hey, no as as the guys were saying today, the guys that love Freddie, all we're saying today, it's a business. And they all yeah. remind it's a business. Bottom line, it's a business. Even all the even all the guys that are his best friends on the team were like, you yeah. know, it's a business. You hate it. You hate seeing Freddie go. But they were all happy for Freddie that he's going to end up some getting. Well, they hope he's going to get a contract that he wants to get for his family and all that stuff. So hope so too. I do too. If he if he can't come home, can't come back here, he he better get the contract that he's looking for, man. Or at least goes yeah. home down plays in L.A. You know. Yeah, playing at home that'd be nice. I mean, you're hearing all these things. You're in Boston pop up now. I mean, Boston. I can see Freddie playing in Boston as well. That he'd be oh, a good he'd fit. He'd love there. that monster too. Yeah, he'd be a good fit there. He'd Yankee be banging. Stadium, wall- be nice to him. He'd be banging balls off the monster. He could hook one around the pesky pole, uh, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I can't see him in New York. I cannot see Freddie playing in New York. He's not I a just, New York guy. He can well, play anywhere, but I don't see him in New York. It's gonna be weird seeing him in another uniform. Tell you what, though, I said I told somebody on Twitter, though, is, you know, as much as you hate, as you can't imagine him in another uniform. Fact of the matter is, in that Dodger uniform, Freddie's gonna look good. Yeah, that's a nice because he's got that long body, you know, with those white pants they have. Almost anybody looks good in a Dodger uniform if you're in good shape yeah. or whatever. It's just yeah. a clean. It's a clean uni, like the Braves uni, the Cardinals uni, the Dodgers yeah. uni. People look good in those unis, man. That Mets uni is awkward, <laughs> or even the Yankees too. The pinstripes, first time you put them on, they feel feel a little strange. Yeah, they only look good on certain people. Yeah, I mean Judge, but hell, he looks good yeah. in any uniform. <laughs> Donaldson's gonna have to shave. How about Don? Yeah, I didn't even thought about that. JD's gonna have to shave. And he's and he's playing with Cole. <laughs> How about JD in New York, man? Oh, he's gonna eat it up. He yeah, if anybody can handle that. And he, yeah. But I could see the potential for Bobby Bonilla clash with a writer or two, though, or anybody, because oh, yeah. he will not back down, and they won't either. No. But There's going to be some incidents. There will. There will. <laughs> there always he is. Just, because that's just J.D., man. 
It's like Bobby yeah. Bo. If somebody gives him shit, he's gonna he's gonna call him on it. <laughs> he always does. <laughs> but he'll do great there, I think. Anyway. All right. Well, everybody, we'll be back with another show, maybe after Freddie signs. And uh thanks everybody. We're gonna start doing these every week. And in a couple of weeks, when we get close to the season or start the season, we'll be back on the two and three. And, and here's a hint, a surprise. We may be looking at a third show every week. How about that? With the special, what do they call it, Cam? What do we call those, the rooms? Yeah, live rooms on the other Live network. rooms, talking to you fine listeners out there with uh, direct dialogue on the show. How about that? That'd be cool. I'm in on that. I think we're going to be doing that this year. Right, Cam? Hell yeah. Yeah, we're ready. We're ready to tackle it. All right. All right. So we'll talk to you guys later. 755 is real. We are out. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.